mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's Candace and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Yep, we thought we would have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s. But surprise, we don't. No, we don't. (laughs) But you know what? (laughs) We have 100 episodes worth of trying to figure out, and that means something, gosh dang it. The fact that we've recorded 100 episodes and are still trying to figure it out says a lot about us, I think. (laughs) But... (laughs) <laughs> we own it and we're doing it and um we are i'm just so happy to have done this with you for 100 episodes i know what a celebration <laughs> i mean this is also i remember this is a beautiful milestone because i remember when we started this podcast we said okay if we get to a point where you know we're doing this enough and we can like get our own mics like that's a huge right. milestone we're gonna buy our own mics and figure out how to set this stuff up. And and then we got to that point and we're like, oh gosh, could you imagine when we get to a hundred episodes? <laughs> Which and was a milestone in its own sense because we were learning how to, you know, acclimate to what happened with the pandemic. And then now we're, we've hit a hundred episodes and I'm really proud of it. I, te- I texted you this morning or no, it was last night, right, Candice? And I was like, I'm so proud of us. We've done a hundred episodes. <laughs> I know. You very kindly also asked to make sure that I hadn't given birth yet. So right. I'm glad I that- wanted to... <laughs> I'm glad that I've been holding it. I'm holding the baby in for this episode today. That's what I was making sure was happening. Like, you're going to hold the baby in, right? This is a really big deal. We have a really big guest on today. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm gripping. I've got the baby inside. Um, yes, I'm still with child. Uh, who knows by the time this episode comes out, because we really wanted to make sure we got this episode recorded today. Not just because... It is our hundredth episode, but because of the guest who we have joining us today, this is someone you guys have been asking for since day one of us announcing this podcast. And we knew that we wanted to have this guest on. We just wanted to wait a little bit. You know, we wanted to like warm you guys up and get you guys really ready <laughs> and prepared for the episode that we're about to have. Kayla, would you like to introduce who we're having on today? 
Yes. Because you guys don't know this person and don't know a lot of what he has accomplished in life, we'll give you a massive bio on him. Um, Just joking. He needs no introduction other than his name. Today we have Paul Wesley on. You guys know him from a little show called The Vampire Diaries. Do we want to do a a bio on him or do we just want to do that? I kind of think he doesn't need a huge introduction, right? I think that's his introduction right there, Kayla. I think he's going to love hearing that. 100 episodes, guys. 100 episodes. And this is how we treat our 100th episode guest. But actually, this is how we just welcome Paul Wesley uh, so wonderfully to this show. Um, Without further ado, here is Stefan Salvatore. Paul Wesley, one of People's 2020 Sexiest Man Alive. And we're back with Paul Wesley, one of the sexiest men alive of 2020. I think of ever. Of ever, but specifically 2020. Like, well, how does it feel to get that that recognition in a year like 2020? Feel good about it. I'm just curious why I didn't get it in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. So, does it count if you get it in like the worst year? So, far? no. I feel like I feel like it's like um, they ran out of like they selected other guys and other. They were like, oh, we have more important things to do. And then they were like, oh my god, what do we do? And then they were like, oh, Paul Wesley will definitely do it. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> but I love it because I was wondering what you've been up to this year, and now I know from your um, from the headline for people's sexiest man alive that you've been becoming a man of the land. Well, yes. Um, yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I need to hear more about this. Jersey know, becoming a man of the land. Well, yeah. Um, I, uh, listen, listen. Um, I, I, as you know, I left, uh, you know, Hollywood, uh, in terms of the, the, you know, location of living in Hollywood. I live in New York city and I moved, you know, we moved in the middle of nowhere kind of on a bunch of land and, and, uh, you know, yeah, quarantine hit and I just, I became a farmer. Now Tanner it. is like, really does Paul actually know what farming is? Like, what are we farming here? I have what no are we, idea what I'm doing. Are we talking <laughs> tomatoes? No, I'm doing nothing. No, I, 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 <laughs> the reality is I, I, it started slow and I started to like redo my, my backyard and like started to like create little like paths and I put a hammock up and then I did a, like a bocce ball court. And then I was like, oh, you know, so I was like bored. What am I going to do? Um, and then I planted a veggie, like an herb garden myself. And then I was like, let's build a veggie garden. So I hired this like local dude. I didn't do it myself. Um, but he was super cool. And, and he, um, he, he took all this reclaimed wood and he built this big veggie house essentially. And, um, and, and, and yeah, we got all kinds of stuff in there. You know what I mean? So if that qualifies as man of the land, then yeah, I'm a man of the land. <laughs> like, a, like a greenhouse to yeah, grow like veggies in? Yeah, it's like a green, it's like, it's it's not like, um, like it's it's open air, but it's like fully um, insect and, and animal proof in that it has like a screen, you know what I'm saying? But then cool. it's made of, like then the structure's kind of made of reclaimed. I mean, it's really interesting stuff, guys. No, it is. No, it I'm, is. Like, I'm super impressed that you just happened to pass over the fact that you created a bocce ball court by yourself. Yeah, in your yeah, yeah. Like that's well, a massive I, undertaking. Well, that's the thing. You know, I moved from the Lower East Side on um, in New York City um, to uh, you know the kind of like in towards Malibu, and um, you know I just felt um, there's a bunch. There's just more. You get more bang for your buck. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so there's a bunch of just like land, and I was like, well, what are we gonna do here? And a bocce ball is fairly simple. A bocce ball court's fairly simple. It's just flat, you know, land with like DG, decomposed granite and like wood sides and, and, and a bunch of balls. Most <laughs> <laughs> importantly, it's most more importantly. aesthetic thing because like I haven't actually, we haven't played, we haven't played once. So it, it just looks good. But I was going to say, I'm sure Inez would kick your butt because that's like, I feel yeah, like it's a very European thing. Yes, it's a, a very apparently. European thing. Yeah, they they play um, bocce ball and they drink uh, something called pastis. Oh, sure you guys know what that is? No, nor do I, I. I've oh, heard, cool. I, I've heard of it. It's like some sort of a cocktail. Um, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. 
So well, I love it. Well, when all this quarantine business is over, that's what we're going to be doing. We're coming yeah. over to play bocce ball and drink pastis. I feel like that's your, that would be something you would like to do, Candace. Like, I feel like, it, yeah, that's it like is, a move right there. It is. It's literally when Joe and I went to Paris, uh, like two years ago, I carved out an entire day where we went to bocce ball courts and drank around the city. Yes. I I, I That's like a like, big thing for us. I literally thought of you when I was, when we, <laughs> but do you remember Candace and Decatur? There was that, I forgot the name of it. There was like that one bar or whatever that everyone would go to. It was like a restaurant bar and they had like a little bocce ball court. Do you Leon's, any? yeah. Leon's, oh my God. I love Leon's. It. So I was inspired by Leon's also. Um, it's because, the best. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. I feel like this is a good team. I want to see Candace and Inez versus Paul and Joe. Oh yeah, man, um, that's a good match. Great. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, I really want to see Joe. I, I miss that guy. I know he's doing good. He's holding down the fort with between. Yeah. yeah. Becoming a man of no man's land has been his 2020 (laughs) just surrounded by women and hormones all year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, Paul, thank you for joining us for our hundredth episode. This is, yeah, this is like a very momentous occasion. So we're excited that you're joining us. Um, Congratulations on uh, 100 episodes. Thank Thank you. you. What, what, how, what's the span of time that, that it took to do a hundred episodes? Like how long have you guys been doing this? Two years. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Two years. So have you had a hundred guests? Yeah. Wow. I can't wait to hear how I rank. <laughs> well, we'll see because that you know Nina's episode de- definitely ranked pretty high up there. Yeah, I'm which gonna... um, I'm excited that we get to talk about today because that was quite <laughs> a, a turn of events. I know. Well, you know, I just um, I'm like I, I before I go, I was like I can't say anything too controversial because. <laughs> You know, they'll just because the problem, a lot of a lot of, of the issue with any interview is that like I'm a very sarcastic person. Um, and I kind of have like this dry humor. So if you take the direct quote, it can really be misconstrued. So I feel like I need to be like super, you know, black and white about everything I say with no like gray in between. <laughs> You know well, I, mean? I think that was the issue with Nina's episode is she told this lovely story about how in the beginning you guys really weren't as close. But then after the span of the all the years working together, how now you are really close. And it really was this beautiful story she told on her episode. And of course, the media only picked up the first you know, right. paragraph and first little part of the story and spun right. that completely. No, and I so know. we felt like, oh my gosh, no, the purpose of that story was so meaningful and lovely. And then, um, you know, it was just completely spun out of control. And then of course you get CNN alerts that you're an asshole. I, 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 um, I listened to it that, you know, that, that snippet or whatever, cause I wanted to hear. And it was such a, such a normal, innocuous, like sweet story <laughs> about how we didn't get along and we didn't like each other. And then we became best buds. And now we love each other. It was like so sweet. Um, but yeah, you know, but that's okay. I mean, the, the, the two, the one thing we can get out of it is that it's pretty cool that, um, that people care so much, right? It's kind of flattering. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad that you were chill about it, considering that I just landed in Mallorca to basically go on holiday with you and your soon to be wife at her family's house, drinking your wine, eating your food. Yeah. But you remember, you remember, I thought from the beginning, I thought the whole thing was funny. You remember, like, you thought it was funny. Thank I, God. Because you were just time, like, I just thought it was funny. Like, oh I, God. For a second, I never, and Candace, I was with Candace, so she can, right. this. we were literally on holidays. Um, and the whole time I was just like, this is the funniest thing ever. I love, <laughs> I love these news articles. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah, um, it was very funny. I remember but, texting Candace being like, oh no, do we need to contact Paul? And you literally were like, I'm with him. He's right here. He thinks it's funny. He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, great. We're good. We're good. <laughs> great. Uh, that's so funny. Didn't we have a great time, Candace, in Mallorca? 
That was the best. I know that's, I was telling Kayla before we jumped on the mic that, that how wonderful it is. And the only like predator on the whole Island are like the sheep. And they're obviously <laughs> not predators. Yeah. Like, I think the predator is the ma- is mankind. <laughs> right? Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was a wonderful trip. Yeah. And crazy. Yeah. And a testament to the fact that we've all known each other so long. That's the other crazy thing that, yeah. you know, Vampire Diaries started 11 years ago, almost 12 years ago. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so obviously people listening on this episode are going to want to hear like some sort of vampire diaries story um because that's what everyone wants to hear but is there something like in the beginning that you do remember from whether it be the pilot or something now like in 2020 that you're reflecting on looking back at that period of time like for example i just watched um the fresh prince of bel-air reunion and first of all it's a tearjerker if you just loved that show to begin (laughs) with but (laughs) I feel like there's just something when you've like worked with a group of people for so long and there's like this familial love language that grows and that kind of bonds you all together in a way. And I just, I got so emotional watching it, um, knowing what, you know, what it feels like to be a part of an experience like that. And the same thing happened watching like the game of Thrones, like recap of their like last episode and how what the cast and crew went through filming it have you had any moments of like reflection that you've taken away or or appreciated in a new light from working on the show uh i mean it's such a yeah that's a tough question because um i've had some i've had some distance from the show right because it's been you know two years or so i can't even i don't even know how long it's been since it ended two years maybe longer i don't three or four what really three 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 or four you're right you're right three um so anyway yeah i mean it it, sometimes it takes a little bit of time away from something to appreciate it you know and i mean when you're in it you're in the thick of it and you're not thinking about um i guess uh how great it'll be or how you'll reflect uh you know 11 years later and think about how fortunate you are to be in this position. But yeah, during this quarantine, I've, I've sort of been thinking about um, just the whole experience, how unique it was, how lucky we were to be a part of something so monumental. Um, and uh, I mean, I don't know, I, I, I guess I don't really have an answer for your question other than I, I, vague, I, I specifically remember meeting each cast member. Like I remember each person and my impression of them and what they said to me and like just funny stuff, you know, like I remember the, well, I'm, I'm Nina's the first person I met cause I had to audition opposite right. Nina. So Nina, Nina's the first person. I just remember, um, and she'll tell you this, like I just remember like, you know, being kind of like rude to her, not because I did <laughs> not because I didn't like her or because, because I didn't want the part uh, to the contrary. I wanted the part, but in the audition, we were supposed to be meeting for the first time. So she was going up to all the guys saying hi to them, all the guys auditioning. There were, you know, it was like down to the final six or whatever, who, who knows. And I refused to look her in the eye and I refused to say hi to her because I wanted us to meet in the audition for the first time. You know, it was like mm. such an actory thing to do. But, you know, it was so like, I was super into like that like, method, you know, but it worked, you know, or like with Ian... And she was like, he's a jerk. Uh, I remember like she, she thought I was a jerk, but she's like, okay, but I like him. Like I, I thought he was like unique or whatever. So it kind of worked. And then I remember with Ian, I just remember um, being on the plane to Vancouver and talking to Ian and like being like, um, you know, t- in typical Ian terms, like I would be like, hey, um, you know, I don't know, man, you think the show will be a success? I was like, I don't know. Maybe this Twilight thing is, you know, kind of blown up and maybe it's too late for us now. And I just remember him being like, Au contraire, mon frère, which is <laughs> to the contrary. <laughs> He's like, wait and see. And I just remember like thinking that. And then the show blew up. I was like, this guy really knows what he's doing. Um, <laughs> just like little things, you know, like little moments where I reflect on meeting these people for the first time um, and how funny it was and, and how much I appreciate them now. Um, but yeah, so I didn't really answer your question, but I've been reflecting a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, I do remember moments of all of us being in Miami before the show was going to air. And there was this excitement around it all, but also this kind of um, unspoken pressure 
because I, and I can only speak for myself at that time of feeling like, okay, because of the Twilight success, there was so much pressure to like, want to make sure it went and responsibility around that. Did you feel any of that at that point? Or was that just me? Maybe I was alone in it. I know, not at all. Um, I was extremely insecure about uh, being a part of the show from the very beginning. I uh, felt that because I had to, I, I think I auditioned for like seven or eight times. I never felt, and Julie admits this, Julie Plack, I never really felt like I was like the top choice or like the guy. And everyone's like, come on, you're, we love you. Like I always felt like I was being scrutinized and like everyone's waiting for me to screw up so they can recast me. Like that was like, I never, I never felt like super comfortable in the role uh, honestly for like two years, like it didn't, I always felt like this constant pressure that maybe I was going to like mess it all up. And I, I know that's my own insecurity and my own like, you know, thing. But, um, so to answer your question, yes, I felt like a tremendous amount of pressure that I kind of wish I hadn't felt, uh, now that I reflect, you know, I kind of wish I enjoyed it more and just, you know, believed in myself a little bit, you know what I mean? But you'd also been working a lot up until right. that point, specifically on television shows and pilots. And so do you think that that played into it of there? You'd been on a couple of different series that went like just the pilot or just the first season or. And so and that's hard to get your hopes up and then, you know, ride that roller coaster. Yeah. And also I'll share a little story with you. Um, so I had this string of like great luck in terms of like, getting pilots as an actor, you know, whatever, like my whole, like from the ages, like, you know, 15 to like 20, I was like constantly doing stuff and I felt extremely confident. I don't know what happened, but there was one time and I won't say which, what it was for. I felt really confident about what I did in this one screen test and I didn't get the part. And for whatever reason that psychologically, like really like impacted me. And I remember, I'm not exaggerating. I think I had like auditioned and screen tested for like maybe like 20 shows in a row and I didn't get the parts. And I felt an extreme, like, like, Oh my God, what is this? Like, I can't handle the pressure in the final moments. So I went, I called my manager at the time and I was like, I need to fix something. Cause I'm feeling like very insecure and I keep bombing in the final moment. And she's like, let me do some research. Um, and uh, uh, she, she found the Yankees, uh, the Mets are the Yankees psychologists for the pitchers. And that, and there was this person who literally spoke, uh, worked with the, with the pitchers. Um, so, so as to, uh, give them the right mental focus and clarity to be able to throw a strike, um, you know, at the bottom of the, you know, eighth inning when it's all t- you know, whatever. Um, and, so I went to this woman, it was like $750 an hour. Like, I'm not even kidding. I didn't even have that much money. I just, I was like, I'll do anything. <laughs> this woman. And we did this like series of exercises, um, visualizations, all this crazy work. It was in Santa Monica. And, um, and I don't know what she did, but she really helped me. And mm-hmm. I remember I had my vampire Diaries audition like two weeks later Anyway, I ended up getting part. So when I got that part, it was after a series of like failures and a lot of bad luck. And so I was like, oh my God, finally my luck has turned around. So that's why I was so insecure because I hadn't really had a lot of, I had success, but I had a lot of failure as well. And um, it was a really big deal for me to book the pilot. Does that make sense? Yeah. I have to ask though, what, when you do those visualizations, cause I love this kind of stuff so much. Um, <laughs> was it visualizing yourself in scenarios of success and that kind of thing to put it broadly? Yeah, it's more, I know this sounds extremely like elementary, but it would literally be like, I would be feeling a certain way. She would get me to, to my like insecure place. And then she'd be like, okay, now stay there. And now I want you to stand up and go sit in this, this, this chair over there. So I'd go and move to another chair and she'd go now talk to Paul who's feeling that. So then I'd suddenly my personality would split and then I would talk to so then I would have confident Paul talking to the insecure Paul. And then she would have me go back to insecure Paul. And then I would go to, to the other chair. So it was like, it seems so simple and it seems so silly, but there was like something, somehow it worked. And, it, and, and in her, what she later described to me is that I had created like a new pathway, like a new neural pathway. So that when I, when I felt a certain way, I, my brain now recognized that there was another alternative route to go. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so self-helpy, 
Um, and I usually like scoff at those things, but it actually, um, was really, uh, enlightening, especially at the time I was a pretty young guy. Um, yeah. But you take to that. I mean, you, you meditate, you, I don't know if you still meditate, but I know you meditated a lot yeah, in yeah. the Vampire Diaries days. And so you're good at kind of like recognizing the work that you want to do within yourself and really applying it, which is good. Thanks. Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm a generally anxious person and I have a lot of like anxieties and neuroses. And so I feel that if I don't do that, I kind of just start going a little bit crazy. And uh, so I have to do it. Like you guys are a little more centered than I am. I'm a little bit more of a, a I mean, at least you appear to be. But like I, I get a lot, like I can't sleep. I get like worrisome. So if I, if I don't meditate, um, I feel like I'm going to like spin out. I don't know if you guys feel that way. No, this makes so much sense to me because the conundrum with you that I've always felt was that you never believed your own hype. And I never understood it because from my perspective, and I'm sure a lot of other people's, you have massive success and you are totally magnetic. And there's something about you. You handle yourself well in public situations. You're handsome. And from my perspective, that's how, so I never believed why you didn't like own who, own who you were. Even when you booked, when you got the uh, people's sexiest man, I was like, this is great. Maybe now he'll believe his own hype, you know, because I think that like, <laughs> well, there's what, just something what, about you. Well, what do you, that's, first of all, it's so nice of you to say all that. And I, I'm, I hope we recorded this because I'm going to play that over and over again. Um, but no, <laughs> you can what, pay me $750 an hour. Yeah, exactly, for it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, what, what, uh, what do you mean by believe your own hype? I mean, there's, so here's the thing, right? There's a fine line between that and, you know, kind of getting lost in, in your, Right. Your, you know, cause this industry is full of ego, right? And there's so many people who just love themselves so much. And, you know, I, I'm so afraid of like walking down the path of just like, you know, um, being that guy who's just like loves himself. Cause there's so many of those guys. But I think that's why you haven't. And yes, like a lot of CW heartthrobs do fall down that pathway, but because you're so aware of it, there's this awareness level that you've always made sure you didn't go that way. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, I, I, mean, pre- I think. thank you. I mean, I, I think I, I yeah. prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. No, Go yeah, for it. Exactly. <laughs> I, uh, no, I appreciate that. I don't know. I don't know what to say, really. Um, I mean, yeah, just. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think I think there's a fine line between like like confidence and um, and 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 I guess ego, you know, an egomania, you know, so it's like just arrogance. Yeah. Line. Arrogance. Yeah. Um, Candace, you think I'm arrogant. Don't you think? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the record, weirdly quiet. <laughs> Kayla is the one saying all of this stuff. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm sitting silently. <laughs> I'm, on I'm, the looking at, I'm looking at Candace because where we see each other on the Zoom and you're just like kind of looking with like one eyebrow raised. You're like, what <laughs> I'm like, you know, I think you've got a healthy perspective. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I love to mess with you. <laughs> um, one thing I will say that I want to take back to is when you mentioned that when you got the role for va- for um, for Stefan for Vampire Diaries, that it was at a time when you really wanted it and you needed it. And you just it wasn't just something that like fell into your lap like you'd really hit that point where you're like, I, I got to book this role. And I think that yeah. that was something that everyone within the cast could relate to at that point. Yeah. I feel like everyone was at that point within their personal life or their career. And we all came to the table with such an appreciation for the fact that we were there. Oh yeah. Like uh, there was not one, mo- if anything, I took it too seriously. I mean, there was not one moment where I was just like, Oh, whatever. Like I got a better things to do. Like it became, you know, I took it very, very serious. My work ethic was super intense, at least for the first two years. And, um, you know, I just, uh, yeah, it was a really big deal. I, um, you know, again, I, I, I had worked quote unquote, but I, I really just wanted to, I don't know, be in something that had an effect on people in a more profound, uh, larger scale way, I guess. Yeah. And I'm sure some stability too. I mean, yeah. I think that's the hard thing. I, yeah, you know, I'm uh, sorry to interrupt you. At the no, time, just, I never thought about stability. Like I was pretty wild. Like I didn't care. I, I, and that's where I was just like, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And now I think about it. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I was so, cause I'm so much more cautious now, you know, <laughs> like I'm always <laughs> five steps ahead because, cause I'm older, you know, but like, 
the time I was 26, I didn't give, I didn't give shit. I was just like yeah. wild, man. Like I would spend till like the last 10 bucks and I'd be like, I don't know, it'll come my way. I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't grow up with money, you know, at all. I didn't have anything to fall back on. So I don't know what I was thinking. Um, yeah. But I think there's something about being like that in your twenties where you just, there's yeah. like, no, there's more risk. You'll take more risks. You'll like throw caution to the wind. And that's why we're all so brave in our twenties. And then you get into your thirties and your forties and you look back and you're like, wow, I've learned so much. Yeah. Do you ever sure. wish you had a little bit more of that kind of recklessness in you now? 100% recklessness and curiosity too. Um, because you know, Great. Like the only, the only like risk and recklessness you can take is based on like curiosity. And when you take chances, um, that's when you have, you reap benefits and rewards, you know? And I think, um, you know, some people value stability over the the major benefit. Um, and other mm. people are like, no, it's, it's worth the risk. But yeah, when I was younger, I was like, man, I don't care. I'll try anything. I'll do anything. And, uh, it's all worth it, you know, but you know, yeah, not, I don't, that definitely don't feel that way anymore. I mean, I still hope to take risk in life, but it's not the same. It's just not. Yeah. I feel yeah. like my risk is when I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to add an extra egg to this recipe <laughs> and just see what happens. <laughs> It's going to get Big crazy, risk. guys. Big Ohio. risk. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, one thing that doesn't really seem like much of a risk at this point, because I think you guys sold out already within your first kind of drop or like tease and release, but your, uh, your brother's bourbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, That's I know. That's exciting. You know me, I'm always like Mr. Pessimist and uh, glass half empty kind of guy. And uh, Ian's always like Mr. Class half full everything's amazing. <laughs> we balance each other out that way. He's like, this is going to be amazing. I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. And like, I, you know, I was excited about it and I, and I, and I believe in it, but I never thought it was going to, um, I was going to love it and, and believe in it so much as I do, as I do now, I genuinely love the alcohol itself. Um, I'm a bourbon drinker and I really believe in this bourbon. I'm not just saying that, like I genuinely love it. Um, and it's, it's true. People, there seems to be an appetite for it. Um, we did this like quick release where we did like a holiday pre-release kind of thing and, uh, sold out like in less than 24 hours. And it was like one of the fastest selling, I think if not the fastest selling alcohol on reserve bar within a 24 hour period ever in the history of reserve bar, which is crazy. Um, don't quote me on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> quote Ian on that. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, um, it's great. I'm super excited about it. I really am. So let's see how it goes. Oh, well, I want to know what the process was like in fine tuning this bourbon. Did you guys have like hours of sitting and trying different bourbons to figure it out? How crazy yeah. did this get? Ordinarily, what happens is you, um, we would fly to the, the distillery. We would like, because, but because of um, COVID, because of, you know, everything that's happening, we would get, we were getting samples shipped to the house, uh, to well, actually to Ian's house. And we live pretty close to each other. So I would then go to his house and we would like, literally like, like chemists, like it was more Ian, like Ian, I was like, I hope this guy knows what he's doing. I was like, this Christopher Lloyd and back to the future. He's got like, putting dry. He's like, 20% water diluted. I was like, this guy's out of his mind. Um, but eventually, um, he actually does know what he's doing. And we sampled and sampled and sampled. And, uh, I remember one, one night he called me, he's like, I got it. And I like went to the house and I tried it. And I was like, wow, this actually is really, really delicious. And the, the truth is I, I, I'm, I say this, I say that all kind of jokingly. There was this, uh, there's a great, um, uh, uh, sort of connoisseur named Don Livermore. I'm pretty sure that's his name. And he's like a true wine, a uh, wine, true whiskey connoisseur. And, um, he, uh, they call him like the whiskey godfather. Whisperer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Something, something crazy. He, he helped in the process and our distillery, um, is, um, a super, uh, uh, experience distillery as well. So they obviously sent us really good product. And so we, we had a lot to work with here, but this was a true labor of love. Um, and I give Ian a lot of credit in, in, in this final blend, this final mash that we, we settled on. Are you guys going to do another, like, is it just going to be this singular, um, bottle or are you guys going to kind of expand? Yeah. So we are going to do like a more of a limited, uh, 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 
aged bottle, but that's later. Right now, this this one's the one and it's really, really good. So I'm excited about it. So is that what everyone should expect to get for their holiday gift from you? Um, the people that got, oh, you, oh, you mean my friends actually. Yeah. I, where's my bourbon, Paul? I mean, I know yeah, I'm with child right now, but, um, Julie Pleck actually, uh, was, has messaged me like three times. Where's the bourbon? And I thought, I'm going to do a shipment. I'm going to do a shipment. I promise. I promise. Were you a bourbon drinker when you were younger at all? I, I developed a bourbon thing, uh, as a result of playing Stefan Salvatore in the Van Burda. <laughs> trying to figure out. I mean, no, but, but because, you know, that's all we drank bourbon on yeah. the show, like constantly. And well, it was tea. It was iced tea. Right, right, right. But, but, but as a result of that, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I should start drinking bourbon to get in the character. Um, but yeah, no. And then suddenly I just became a bourbon guy, you know, as a result, honestly, as a result of Vampire Diaries, but I genuinely became a bourbon guy. I'm not just like saying that because I have, like, I really love bourbon. It's my drink of choice. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. 
with so many sample packs, new products. It's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code challenged right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code challenged. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. back now because it's our 100th episode i have to ask you um if let's say you live to be 100 right let's say it's like old man paul still alive still drinking whiskey maybe (laughs) he's managed to play on his bocce ball court at this point um what advice do you think you would give yourself looking back um yeah it's this it's so cliche but um to enjoy it more, uh, to enjoy it more. It's so important. Um, you're, it's such a, it's so basic, but it's so important. There's a reason um, it's repeated over and over. It's like the, you know, power of now at Cartola. You know, it's like really enjoy it. And I'll tell you, um, this unfortunate situation that we've been dealing with in 2020 has forced everyone, well, at least me, I'll speak for myself, to kind of take a step back. And one of the things that I've, I've um, really begun to experience is this sense of like being in the present, which I genuinely haven't felt in years. I've, I'm always looking for the next thing. Um, in, in, in whether it's career wise or even just in, in any capacity. And it's just nice to be like, I'm here. Um, I'm sort of hanging out with my dog in my veggie garden and I, and Inez is here and we're just doing our thing. And there's like, it's just, it's just kind of simplicity. Um, so I'm sort of enjoying the moment more and I hope I can maintain that. There's no guarantee. Um, but right now I am. And I wish I had done that a little more with the success of the show. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't really enjoy it for a second. I was just hot, busy the whole time and never took a step back to be like, wow, this is great. This is so cool. People are enjoying this, you know? I mean, I, of course, enjoyed it because I just came in and out. Right. So and like it was, you know, carpet was pulled out from underneath me in the beginning. So I felt like the moments I was able to be with you guys were kind of magic because I was able to really enjoy them. But it was really funny to come back for the final episode and have everyone just be like not as not not enjoying it as much as maybe season one. And so for me, I just went like, guy, I wanted I remember wanting to like rally around and be like, come on, it's a it's a big deal. You guys accomplished this. We all did this. And everyone's like, yeah, we're ready to leave. And I'm sure, you know, I I feel like we were all crawling to the finish line in a way. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, 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 you know, just physically, you know, it's a real, I mean, I know there's people that have much, much more difficult jobs than being an actor and being pampered on set. And I get it. And I'm not trying to sound like some, you know, pretentious, but, but it is a demanding thing. And you're working a very odd hours and your sleep cycle screwed up and there's a lot of pressure on and off, but you know, you're just, for me, I was physically battered and I wish I had kind of taken care of myself more physically during my time in Atlanta. I didn't at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because you're not sleeping. You're, right. you know, you, you don't know your schedule until like right before it's happening and mm-hmm. changes constantly. Like um, you, you did a great job, Candace, in terms of like, like recognizing that you lived in Atlanta, enjoying Atlanta for what it, for, for the city that it was establishing it as your home base and being like a pretty happy individual. I was always like, <laughs> you know, like I, I genuinely like you, you figured it out very quickly. I feel like. I just loved it. I, I loved it's all. It's also all I'd ever wanted. I grew up watching the WB and all those shows and like being on a long running series was everything that I'd wanted. And I also loved Atlanta. I had family there. I loved the food. I just loved being able to drive to Nashville and drive a bunch of places. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I I did settle in really quickly, but it wasn't until towards the end when 
I realized that I wasn't able to spend as much time with my husband and, mm-hmm. you know, navigate. And then also then having a child was really difficult. Like I, I can definitely relate towards um, yeah. the sentiment that at the, that final season, it was crawling towards the finish line. Cause I mean, I even like seeing like photos or any clips of like that last season, I just look so tired. Like I couldn't remember lines. I just, I was, my body was still healing from like having a baby. Like I, wasn't sleeping at all. You know, it just, I wasn't taking care of myself. Oh yeah. And that's, but that's, that's a whole nother thing. Whole other thing. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine, I can't even Mm. imagine what it would be like to have like an infant. (laughs) Yeah. But I will say, yes, I, I I also felt grateful because I had family close by. So I, I easily got into the routine of just loving Atlanta. You know, I loved Leon's and I love that you could eat bacon in a glass with a side of peanut butter and (laughs) that you can, you know, and I loved like the, the whole, everything that was Atlanta. Yeah, Um, yeah, for sure. I think the, 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 not to harp on this too much, but like, I think the big thing that I, the mistake I made was not like getting a place being like, okay, we're going to be here. We're not going anywhere for a long time. Going to get a place. This is my place. Like I, I always had my house in LA yeah. and I like bouncing around apartments and like I had storage units. It was like kind of a mess. Like I felt like a nomad. I wasn't, I didn't feel settled. And that can be very psychologically, you know, not good. Mm-hmm. You don't really have a home, you know? Right. I feel like that can seep into everything in your life when yeah. you don't feel grounded and like you have your own space. Absolutely. Right. But, ex- but exactly. I think that that's something that you know, hopefully even people in their 20s or even in their teens right now are kind of recognizing that it's okay to have a sense of home and stability. And even though we're all itching to get out of our house and, you know, have a sense of what, you know, normalcy was pre-COVID, that there are beautiful things to be taking away from this time of just being home. Well, don't you think um, the world is uh, moving at a kind of alarmingly fast pace. Um, every there's so much information and there's so much like, I mean, I kind of wish there would be like a giant, like, you know, I don't know, software or technology like freeze and everyone could just chill for a second. There's I'm, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I find my phone is like, can be a toxic thing. I can really get lost in my phone and I can just be on like 80,000 different, you know, apps and this and searching for this and buying this on Amazon. And like, I don't know about you guys, but like, that's a whole nother thing. You know, um, I need a detox from a digital detox. I don't know. We talk about that all the time on this podcast, how to effectively utilize technology, but also make sure that it doesn't use us and make sure it doesn't rule our lives. And it, I have to tell you, for me, the switch was having a child because it doesn't give you a choice. Mm-hmm. You don't have as much access or time. And just, I think even just you being a dog dad now has got to have changed that a little bit too. Absolutely. And I think more so than if digitally. Yeah. But then also like we go back to like the ego thing. Like I'm very like, what's Paul need? Well, what's Paul want? And what, mm-hmm. what's Paul going to do today? And now I'm like, okay, how can I help Gregory? That's his name. Um, <laughs> what, you know, what does he need? Does he need, oh, he needs to go on a walk. It's not about me, you know, and obviously it's right. so, it's so obviously like minuscule compared to having an actual human child. But in my own way, it's taken me out of my own selfishness. And, uh, and I'm so grateful for that. Aww. Yeah. I'm so a great how, guy. I know you're just, you're, you know, not only one of people's 2020 sexiest men alive, but I just love how Candace can't let you win that it's sexiest. She has to say like 2020 sexiest. Say one of 2020 is one of 2020s. And may I remind you 2020s ending very soon. Yeah. You get to be enjoy the next few few weeks. weeks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You need an ornament for your Christmas tree of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's I what I'll get you when you send me the bourbon. I'll give you an <laughs> ornament of your face. Thanks. Thanks. Just You're a welcome. frame placard or something. Yeah, um, something. <laughs> just really chill. Yeah, or a necklace. Twenty. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I just can't get over this People magazine um, oh, piece on you. So <laughs> I just, speaking of food, because oh. I, I really love this direct quote. Um <laughs> You you apparently rediscovered a campfire classic um, I, I, as far I, as food I, I goes. I sense a facetiousness to your voice. <laughs> and, and you say, and I quote, 
I know this sounds basic, but baked beans are amazing. Mm-hmm. They're so underrated. Yeah. I don't understand why people don't even yeah. <laughs> eat baked I'm, beans I'm a, more often. Yeah, right. Well, I'm a very eloquent guy, and <laughs> a lot of what I say is complex and articulate. Um, so read into that how you may. Um, listen, here's the deal. Let me gonna tell you where that quote came from. All right. <laughs> For those who can't see, Candace is bright red right now. It's just so good. I just love your rediscovered passion for baked beans. Yeah, I kind of do have a passion for baked beans, actually. So, um, so, so, firstly, firstly, um, the 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 article, you know, the whole piece that I did was camping, camping, you know, camping, right? I picked Mm -hmm. that because I'm, you know, I like. Do you camp? Yes, I camp. I do camp. And, okay. uh, and, and so I've been camping a lot during this, just this pandemic because it's a very safe activity and you go, you camp, you do your own thing. I mean, yeah, you're outside alone. Is this like glamping though, where no, you have like a nice no, tent and like, okay, no. it's real I, I'm telling you, I know I'm a, I'm a real, you know, kind of, uh, you know, prima donna about certain things, <laughs> but, but when it comes to like, you know, camping, I'm a rugged dude. I like to have like no electricity, no running water. I want a river or a lake and I want real silence. Okay. But do you still have a mirror and hair product? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Always. Always at all times. Um, no, but like, I really enjoy it. And so I discovered, uh, baked beans again and, uh, and I just can't believe how good they are. So is that going to be maybe like a sidebar to the bourbon, like bourbon and baked beans? Are you going to have bourbon flavored baked beans? Well, I will Brothers say, baked beans. Well, I'm just I saying will, it. Well, I will say that that whilst 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 <laughs> eating baked beans by the campfire, often they were accompanied with bourbon. Thank you. <laughs> I love anything it. Else? Anything else? I think th- I think that's it. That's a great place to yeah. wrap this up. Yeah. yeah this episode sponsored by Bush Bush Bake. What yeah. is a brand Bush's of baked, baked beans? beans? I don't even know yeah. Bushes. Yeah. By the way, um, Candace, you could constantly tease me on set. Do you do you, you remember that? Right. That was I have like no a, idea what you're talking about. That was like this is like a thing that she does. She's always making fun of me, always picking on me. Do you remember? Um, uh, oh, do you remember when we had that one scene where we had to do like uh, make love, and uh, <laughs> we had to do that thing called make love. We had to do the make a love, um, oh. and you, and you, ew, and you, um, <laughs> say ew, and you had, to, and you wore that bra that had face all over it. Do you remember that? Yeah, that had. Wait, it had what? Ian's- so. So the whole thing of this scene was basically Caroline and Stefan like do it, or as Paul says, make love for the first time. Well, I'm a sensitive and, and so, <laughs> it, so the wide shot is essentially that which they always start with, which is farther back. And Stefan's line is like Caroline and Stefan kiss, and then he pulls away, and then he lifts the blanket up and like looks at Caroline naked under the blanket. And right. obviously, I'm not naked. I wear like. I'm wearing like uh, pants like, well, and, and like a strapless bra. Like I'm wearing clothes, but he has to like look at my chest and it was like such a weird moment. So I thought it'd be funny or just to give him something that he'd be really excited to see. And just, I got a strapless bra and taped Ian's face all over it. Like, like a little, bunch of little like Ian of faces. Ian yeah. Yeah. Like cut was- out from a magazine. Um, yeah, like I had wardrobe printed out and like oh literally God. turn it into like it. the bra was Ian's face all it was over so, it. It was so good because like I, from what I remember, I like looked down and then looked back up and then like, it was like a five second delay. And I was like, what? I was still seeing. I was like, didn't, and my brain was like processing it. I was like, did, did I just see Ian's face everywhere? Am I, am I having a glitch, a brain glitch? That's so funny. But the best is, is I kept so straight and every and Paul just like kept looking down again and like started cracking up. 
And everyone was so hungry because it was before lunch. And everyone was like, Paul, (laughs) Jesus, get it together. Can you just do the scene? And he just, oh gosh, it was great. Yeah. I mean, that's such a good practical joke. Was the crew in on this as well? Everyone knew about it? No, they had no idea. Wardrobe knew. So everyone was just annoyed thinking like the Paul was just like, couldn't keep it together. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember in season one or something like that? Every, all, everyone in the crew, I wasn't there, but apparently everyone in the crew wore uh, a t-shirt of, uh, with Ian's, uh, from, like a photo of Ian from his old modeling days where he was shirtless. <laughs> like, do you remember that? And like, it was, they all like took, took uh, like revealed it while he was like in the middle of a scene. Do you remember do you know what I'm talking about? I wasn't there that day, but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. I feel like that's a Marcos thing. Yeah. (laughs) But that was, but that's the fun stuff. And then that's the fun stuff looking back that I think is great to appreciate from afar and be like, oh, that, you know, there were so many moments that's like when you're there and your family and there's like that, you know, that you've all experienced together reluctantly, you know, and we're all kind of like mishmashed together. Mm Mm-hmm. You just don't really know who you're going to end up working with. And it's a really beautiful thing that all these years later, here we are and we're all still talking. Do you think the show would have been different had it filmed in Vancouver? Yeah. Yes, because Vancouver is closer to L.A. Mm -hmm. Um, There were a ton of other productions and shows there. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I say it's closer to L.A., I think that that means it lends itself to people flying more yeah. and going to red carpets and parties and events. And I think that that would have played into um, a different kind of hierarchy and like competition of amongst just like a really young cast of, yeah. you know, kind of chasing this idea of what we were all supposed to be as opposed to being in Atlanta where there was only the walking dead and drop dead diva and us. And that was it filming for a long time. That's yeah, true. And so we would we got to go and have a blast. I mean, we weren't. No, Atlanta didn't make a big deal that we were there filming. There was never photographers. There was never like, oh, are you going to this event? Because I'm going to that event. You know, there was none of that stuff. It was all just, hey, it's Friday and we all got out at 1130. Which bar are we all going to to hang out to, you know, have a great time together? And there was this level of anonymity that you guys were all able to keep while you were there. So there was no one. I mean, I don't know from my perspective that that when you traveled there and you were going to these bars, some people did recognize you definitely. But it wasn't like there was paparazzi waiting outside. It was a different level of that. Yeah. Yeah. It just was so non not Hollywood. Right. Um, Yeah. At all. Yeah, totally. I agree with that. Which made it awesome. You know, yeah, it was so like, that was the best God. part. Yeah, thank God, for sure. I know. It was just the coolest job in the world for a while, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Wow. Well, thank you, oh, coolest wow. Thanks, dude God. in the world, for yeah. joining us on I'm, our 100th episode. I'm honored to, to have been the 100th episode guest. <laughs> I am. Thank you for having me, guys. Thanks, so Paul. we always ask, where can our listeners follow you on social media if they want to keep up with your bourbon and your baked beans? I mean, are <laughs> you on social are. media? Do you do you have any like so, social media accounts? What do you mean? I, joking. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> For once, I, I'm like not understanding sarcasm. I thought I was a sarcasm king. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, well, I'll say this. I do have all the the huge, but uh, follow the Brothers Bond Bourbon um, uh, Instagram account. No, but that's a that's a good uh, that's a good uh, we can we all the followers we can get on there. So that that's, that's good, awesome. Well, yeah. we can't wait to try the bourbon, and we can't wait for all the free bottles you're going to send us. That's Thank why you. we really had you on this <laughs> podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So I now think that Paul needs to send you a bottle of Brothers Bourbon to the hospital so that that can be your first drink after you give birth. That's what I'm saying. You know, come on, this Paul. Is, come on, Paul. This is why we had you on today. No, this was so fun. <laughs> I mean, it, it it I feel like we get asked a lot, like, do you all still as a cast talk to each other? Do you all keep in touch? And the truth of the matter is we do. Um, we do. It's just we spent. I think so many years together that it has be created this family where it's like, you know, extended family that you don't necessarily talk to every single day. Um, but when you do talk to them, it's like you pick up right where you left off. And and that's why I know I was really excited today because, um, you know, I hadn't seen or spoken to Paul and in, in a, in a while, just cause it's, you know, been a crazy year. Um, but it's so nice to catch up and, and we and you know and just reminisce and and have some laughs and celebrate you know someone's accomplishments. And I'm so excited for him and Ian and their brothers Bond Bourbon. It, besides just drinking it and enjoying it that <laughs> way, I'm excited um, for them and starting this new adventure because you know you and I know how much fun it's been to start something and and here we are a hundred episodes later and know how good that feels to celebrate it. And I think that's what matters most, too, is when your friends come to support you in it. So Paul coming on today was awesome to have him as a guest. And I know we're going to go when it's available again, buy some Brothers Bond bourbon and support them. And um, it's just it was really nice, too, at the end of the interview after we stopped recording to just have Paul be like, oh, that was that was so fun. And that was so quick. And that went by. And it's just nice to um, catch up and see his his friendly face. Wait, so Candace, my favorite part is you guys talking about the sex scene and you having Ian's a picture of Ian's bra. I just want to know where, where this bra is and can people buy it on eBay? I know. I, I feel like it should have been something that we saved. Um, definitely. From wardrobe, but it definitely just like got repurposed into being a normal bra again. Um, oh, but I was wow. very proud of that Ian bra. Um yeah, I, I look, sex scenes are just really awkward. Right. And so I always like to bring an element of like something that can make just break the ice a little bit. Um, because otherwise it's just like, it's just weird. It's like, so have you done other things like this before in sex scenes? I did. I did like Trevino and I would mess with each other a lot. So like with Trevino, the first time that him and I had to have a sex scene together, it's like we were it was really funny because we were both dating people at the time. And and um and like both of the people we were dating were like like our shoot was running late. So they were already like at a restaurant because we we're all going to go out to like dinner together. And we we're like, we got to have this. We got to do the sex scene as quick as possible. Like, let's make it happen. Um, But it was just, you know, it's awkward. And Trevino's like my brother, you know, it just so I um I thought it'd be funny to like hide a banana in my pants and like, cause it was like a bra and underwear scene and he has to like jump on top of me. And so I had these like little boot booty shorts on. And so I stuck like a really big banana and like (laughs) in my pants and there's like layers. So it's, you know, like, but I just, you know, thinking that he was going to jump on top of me and be like, Whoa, what's going on? Um, and did he smash the banana? No, but what's I funny feel like that's what I'd be worried about. Is he was so stressed about like you know, like his like what he needed to do in the scene and like he was shirtless that he had I like I, and all of wardrobe knew and I kept telling people like 
get ready. This is going to be hilarious because I've got a giant banana in my pants and he's going to have to like jump in bed with me and start making out with me. And he did the whole scene without like missing a beat and then just like left. And I just and everyone was like, what happened? Is the banana not there? And I was like, no, look at this big banana. Like it's right here. And um, and I was like, dude, did you not notice the giant banana between my legs? And he was like, oh, I thought I felt something weird. I just was more focused on like what I needed to do. He's like, you know, I'm, I just need to like get these push ups in. Yeah, he just oh. was in his like shirtless actor zone. zone he was in the zone ah. i couldn't a giant banana between my legs couldn't break him that's how wow. actor focused i guess that's Michael why they Trevino call him be. one take trevino one doesn't take matter trevino. what happens yeah. wow yeah so i tried so i didn't get him but i got paul really good you really got paul yeah wow <laughs> So you guys, we hoped you enjoyed. We actually, you know what? Not that we hoped. We know you enjoyed this interview with Paul Wesley because you are huge fans of his just like we are. We have another awesome episode coming for you next week. Um, take care until then. Bye-bye. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Producer, Melissa DeMonts. Edited by Katrina Henning. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with Acast. 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 Acast.